do. Father, we, we just trust you. We thank you for guidance and wisdom and, and understanding. And we thank you that our hearts are good ground, good soil for the word of God. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise in Jesus' name. And I agree with that. Say amen. amen. All right. So I want to talk to you this morning that all things are possible. All things are possible. No matter what you're going through in life, that listen, when you trust God, all things are possible. But for an illustration, I, wanna, I need uh, Kiwi to come and help me because he's my, he is my helper, okay? How many believe, and I say all things are possible, come on up here. You can come right on up, right here. How many believe, because he's, he's a strong, scrappy young man, you know, and he's got boxing on him, you know, stuff. You can tell he's got little shoulders working on, so he's done something. He's, you know, hit the bag a little bit, keeping his shoulders working. But how many believe that, that if I gave him an opportunity to hold, because he's, he's strong, to hold uh, the bucket I have back here. How many believe that he can at least do it for two minutes? I mean, without even knowing what's in it. <laughs> we said all things are possible. Uh-oh, do you believe that? At least two minutes, one hand, without switching. You want me to go down to a minute? And I want you to kind of, no, I just want you to hold it. Just hold it. You know, hold it. I mean, you probably do it like this, right? I don't know if I want to do it like that. That may not, not be fair. But if you want to. Okay. All right. So let's see. Y'all believe he can do it? Let's give him a great big hand. Y'all believe he can do it? Because all things are possible. Isn't that right? Wait a minute. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'll bring it to you. It's going to give me a minute. It's just a little heavy. Oh. I'm just joking. But anyways, I am going to put it down for you. How long is he supposed to do this? Hold on. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So how many, think, how many think that's really heavy? It's a little heavy. Anybody got to watch? Okay, Kiwi, I want you to take that thing and hold it up. I don't want you to just here. I want you to just kind of like, you know, kind of just work it. You know what I mean? You got, yeah, just, you know, for two minutes. Ready? What time? Who's got, who's got, where are we at here? Ready? You're my timer. Ready? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Pick it up. Hold it. Now, while he's doing that, I want you to stand over there. That's not heavy, is it? No, no, it's not heavy. <laughs> Two minutes. Now, okay, let's turn. Let's turn. Your mark. Okay, let's go to Mark chapter 9. Y'all believe he can do it, right? Yeah. Okay, see, you can do it. I think I'll need the up there. Oh, you're going to time it too. He's going to make sure that he doesn't get too much time. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, while he's doing that, because, you know, I think if he does two minutes, then we're going to go for three. You understand what I'm saying? We're just going to see how he's doing. He's just helping me out. Say all things are possible, Kiwi. All things are possible. Come on, help him out. Okay, there you go. All right, so here we are. And then our key scripture is Mark 9, 23. Now, let's read this together, and I'm going to go back and share some things with you. All right, now, as we turn there, but I want, I want to go and back up not just to 23, but verse 16. All right, now, notice this. And, and this is a discussion that Jesus is having, and it's with the scribes and the Pharisees and those who are asking him questions because you see he's, about, he's healed someone or about to heal this child, uh, uh, you know, because of dealing with just just things in his life and, and being delivered. And so here we see deliverance has taken place. But verse 16 says this. How are we doing on time? We've got plenty of time. We've got five minutes left? 35 seconds. We can go longer than that. That's not good. Okay, keep on going. Okay, verse 16. He said, and he asked the scribes, what are you, what are you what, discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered, okay, keep it, hold it out like this, and said, teacher, okay, there you go. I brought, now give him 30 seconds. Can he do that for 30 seconds? You can't. Okay, I can't. So anyways, that's good. 
All right. Was the time's up? Is the time? Okay, keep on going. Come on, let's give him a great. Come on, come on, let him hear it. Come on, give him, give, give him a big hand. Come on now. Come on. All things are possible. Come on. Yeah. Oh. All right. It's got a little heavy now. Come on. Come on. Let's, ten more seconds. How much countdown when you get to ten? The nine. Ready? Ten. Come on. Come on. Help him. Nine. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hey, you need some help? I'm with you. Come on. I'm just gonna do it five seconds. That's all I'm gonna do. Come on. Hold it. Hold it. Oh, you did it, man. Come on, man. Go ahead. All things are possible. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Strong. I'm gonna just, you know, we're going to get him a workout. I know he likes to work out and stuff. But all things are possible. He did it. You guys encouraged him. Now, ladies, one of y'all get ready. You're going to be next. Okay, here we go. And then it says, okay, listen. And he asked the scribes, what are you, listen, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Verse 18. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Verse 20. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw them, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So you can see here, here's the little boy on the ground. He's convulsing. He's foaming at the mouth. The disciples couldn't cast the spirit out. Jesus is there, and then he goes on and says this. He says, from childhood, and then it goes, so, so here's, here it is. He asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire, say fire, and into the water to destroy him. But then notice this question. The father says, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, that's great because if you can believe, he's saying to the Father, if you can believe that we can cast the Spirit out, then all things are possible Then that believe. But I love how it reads in different translations. Let me give it to you. The New Living Translation says of verse 23, just that verse alone, let's look at it together. It says this, Jesus is saying, what do you mean if I can? Oh, I like that. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. But then the message says this. Jesus said, if. He says, there are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. Glory to God. There are no ifs among believers. So here's what I want to leave you with this morning. And this is three things I want to give you. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. That God can turn around the most hopeless situation, no matter what's going on in your life and the life of a family member and and anything that pertains to you, God can turn around the most hopeless situation. That's number one. Number two, God looks at the heart of the individual to see their faith. He looks at the heart. So here we have a situation somebody may be going through, and it looks totally hopeless, but God can turn it around. And he looks at our heart, the individual's heart, and listen, to see their faith. Then lastly, third, the third point I'm going to give you is God will move on your behalf because of your faith. Do you have faith this morning? God will turn it around. Say, turn it around. And he will. God will turn it around. So let's look at number one, that God can turn around the most hopeless situation in your life. The first point or the key, I want to give you this, and here it is. Is there something in your life right now? I want you to think about it. Your life, not your neighbors, not your spouses, not your family member, your brother, your sister, but your life. Is there anything in your life right now that looks hopeless or no way out 
or it's totally impossible for you to get through. Because if there is, I've got good news for you. God is faithful, and he'll see you through. All things are possible to those that believe. But you know where you are. You know if there's been a struggle. You know if there's something that seems to be, as we would say, dogging your trail. You know if there's something that you're trying to get the victory over, but for some reason and somehow it always seems to get the victory over you. But I've got good news. All things are possible to them, those who believe. Do you believe God this morning? Amen. All things are possible. So let's go on. The believer, you're a believer, the believer can accomplish the, the impossible through Jesus Christ. And we read that in our scriptures. So here's another thought. Whatever you have faith to believe for, God can do it. Now, this is important. Do you have faith to believe God for it? Because if you don't have faith to believe God for that, then listen, he's not going to move on your behalf, not because he doesn't want to, but when you begin to understand the scriptures that God is a God of faith, and when, because he's a God of faith, what happens simply is this. Turn with me over to Hebrews 11.6. I'm going to give this to you. Hebrews 11.6. Because he is a God of faith, you begin to understand how faith is important. A lot of times we just want God to, you know, we treat him like, like a genie. You know what I mean? Like a genie in a bottle. Man, we rub the bottle and we say, okay, God, we want you to go ahead and do this and make this happen. He's not like that. Come on now. I said, he's not like that. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I have the New King James. And the New King James, it's important that you bring your Bible with you. It's important for you to see the truth that's found in the Word. It says this, but without faith. Say without faith. So what is that implying? That what? You need faith, right? Okay, so it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It's impossible. I didn't say it. The Word says it's impossible to please Him for he who comes to God must believe. Must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's important for us to understand that if you have faith and you believe that God can turn your situation around, then he'll do it. But you must have faith. You must have faith. Let me give you another point. That we need to become Christ-minded. And what do I mean by that? See the end results before we see the end results. You know, that hinders us because a lot of times we're believing God to do a work in our lives. And you know what happens? That while we're waiting, come on now, while we're waiting. I'm not talking about waiting like that you're at a bus stop. See, you can sit up here and we can get out. We can all go out together and we can wait out at the bus stop waiting for a bus. That's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about waiting on God, that waiting I'm talking about is with a confident expectation, believing that God is going to see you through, believe that whatever you're trusting God for, he's going to bring it to pass. That's when we have to wait. But here's the thing. If you don't have confidence and, and willing to wait on God, we don't have this Christ-mindedness. In other words, God said it. I believe it, and that settles it. I don't have to see it, come on now, to see it or believe it. That's right. I don't have to see it to believe it. I don't have to see it to see it. I see it, come on, well, through the eyes of the Spirit. I know that God said in his word what belongs to me, and I have it when? Right now. Right now. But what happens is for many of us, for many believers, because if it doesn't happen right away, like I said, okay, Kiwi, come on up and help me. Some of y'all said, I don't know if he can do it. Some of like, you think he can hold this bucket up? And you're like, hmm, questionable. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, okay. But then as he was doing it, you started saying, oh, he can, he's doing real good. And we had a little bit more time. Didn't we had a little more time, did we? No, but he did great. Did he not do great? I'm still waiting for one more volunteer, ladies. No, I'm just joking. Okay, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do it. Kind of, sort of. But anyways... But anyways, listen, but he did it. We, we, we said he could do it. We believed he could do it. 
Now, at first, when you came up, you're just like, I don't know what's in that bucket. You had to know, right? Okay, but after you, after you, pulled, you, know, you, you picked it up the first time, you're like, I got this. But that was after. Am, am I right? So, but did, now I'm not picking on you, but did he say beforehand, say, I got, I got this? Did he, did he have confidence before that? He was questioned why. Not because he couldn't do it, because he didn't know if he could do it, because what he didn't know what was in the bucket. So in other words, do we have to know? Now, come on now, when we're believing God, do we have to know? Do we have to know? Come on. In other, see, we just trust him. We don't have to know everything. We have to know what's in the bucket. No, we just trust him. And because he said it, guess what? We, we can do it. We can do it. And so here's the thing. What's going on in your life? Are you praying to God? Are you trusting God to turn the situation around? Or you're waiting to see what's in the bucket first before you say you can believe God or not? See, because that, that's not faith. That's not faith. Lord, I know that you can turn this around. I don't have to know what's in it. I don't have to know all the situations, things that are with it and complicated. I don't need all that. But here's what I know. You're faithful, and I trust you, and you'll see me through. You've done it time and time again. You've never let me down. You're faithful. He's faithful. Praise God. But I'm talking about having this, this Christ-minded and that we can see the results. I knew he could do it. I'm beforehand. I didn't set him up, but he's strong, you know, and I know he could do it. So turn with me to Romans chapter 4, 17. I'm going to read from the Amplify. And, and here's the thing I'm saying to you. Let's have a Christ-mindedness. When God says, I've blessed you, I've increased you, I've healed you, come on now, you see, do we believe that? When God says in his word that you're highly favored and blessed, do we believe that? Because as far as God is concerned, we are. And I tell people, this, when did you get healed? So when did you get healed? People say, well, I'm healed. I said, when did you get healed? You didn't get healed the moment that you, your manifestation came. You got healed over 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. Are you with me? See, that's when the provision of healing came to you. When did he meet your needs? He didn't just meet your need the moment that your need manifested. This is where we miss it. We're thinking that God met our needs when the, meet, when the need manifested. And all of a sudden it showed up. But I want you to see this morning that your need was already met. The moment you agreed with God, you got in the word, and you said, it's mine right now. You take him at his word. You apply your faith. That's when your need was met. I didn't say your manifestation came. Your need was met. Now notice this, having this Christ-mindedness. Understand this, amplified. Romans 4, 17. It says, as it is written, as it is written, are you with me? I have made you. Talking about Abraham. Now think about Abraham here. Think about a man who was told to leave his, his family. Think about a man who was told that everything that he had had to be left behind. And I want you to go to a place that you don't know of, Abraham. And I want you to trust me. I mean, how many of us can do that today? Think about it. The Lord is saying, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Can we trust him? Just a question. It's just a thought for us to think about. Can we really trust him? Can we go somewhere that we don't know nobody? Can you do something that you're like, Lord, I don't know how this is going to get done. The only way it's going to get done if you do it. Man, that's faith. Listen to this. As it is written, it's amplified. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father. In the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of, listen, the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised. Notice this, as they already existed. Did you hear that? This is important. This is about God because you have to be God-minded or Christ-minded who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existing 
or existent things, say non-existent, what does that mean? They don't exist. But who speaks, it says, of the non-existent things, notice this, as if they already exist. So the question is, what are you believing God for? And then are we believing God for the non-existing things as if they exist before they exist? In other words, before you see it. See, that's faith. That's trusting God. That's saying, Lord, all things are possible to them that believe. I believe you. I trust you. I know it'll come to pass. You see, because then if, if we have to see it, in other words, remember Thomas. Thomas doubted. Thomas wasn't there with the original disciples. Jesus came. He showed up. And then Jesus, of course, you understand, he left. Thomas now follows up and says, hey, everybody tells him, man, Jesus was here. The master was here. And he was like, really? I'm not going to believe it unless I what? See it? He said, I'm not going to believe it unless I put my fingers or hands into his hands, right, into his side, the piercings. He said he had to see it in order to believe it. But I love it. And all of a sudden, he kind of turned around and there was Jesus. Man, that's wonderful. Oh, I wish I was there. Come on now. Wouldn't that have been awesome? And then all of a sudden, he's standing there. And Jesus says, well, here I am. You know, he kind of does that to us today. Come on now. And then he's so good. And then he said, he said, listen, Thomas, here's my hands. Go ahead. Touch and see. They're real. And he fell to his knees, the Bible says. And he said, I believe. And that was fine because then he, had, he believed. But Jesus said something very important to him. He said, Thomas, you believe because you see. But more blessed are those who believe who have not seen. You see, that's faith. More blessed. What does that mean? More blessed. More blessed are those who believe who haven't seen. In other words, I don't have to see God moving, the manifestation of him moving on my, on my behalf before I believe it. I believe it first. Before it comes to pass, I know he's already done it because his word says so. His word says so, and he's faithful. And then as you do that, then here's what happens. People say, okay, then what, what do I do if, if uh, all of a sudden two hours go by and, and I hadn't seen the results? Keep believing. But what do I do if a day goes by? A day, 24 hours? What do I do? Keep believing. But what do I do if, uh, if two weeks go by? God is faithful. Do what? Keep believing. Come on. What do I do if a month goes by? What do I do if a year goes by? Oh, hold on now. See, we're going to lose some people now. And all of a sudden, all these Thomases are going to pop up and say, wait, my name is Thomas. That's what you're going to say. Because all of a sudden, we say we believe. I follow the Lord. I follow Christ. But then all of a sudden, I didn't see him. And because I didn't see him, I don't believe he was here. All of a sudden, say, I'm a believer. I believe God. Yeah, God said he'll meet my needs. But all of a sudden, a year has come by. Lord, when is that going to happen? Thomas. See, all of a sudden, we're going to start calling you Thomas because you don't believe. Because the only way for you to believe is you have to what? See it. But aren't you glad that we're believers and we don't have to see it to, come on now, to believe it? Man, we believe it before. So what if two years go by? Shh, come on. How many know how long Abraham had to wait? How long did he wait before, before him and Sarah got pregnant? Well, we got all kinds of numbers. Okay, you're close, but I'm not going to tell you. So guess what? You look it up. 
not today, not right now, but we'll test your own Monday, on, on Monday, I mean on Sunday. Okay, here we go. So y'all check and see. Betty's already looking. Okay, that's okay. You can look it up. But I'm just saying, the reason I, the reason I, you can if you want to, you can if you want to, but listen, here's the point. Here's the point, and you're close there. Here's the point. He, it didn't happen overnight. That's the point. And here's what happens a lot of times. It's happen, I, what? What? It's happen, what happens? What happens when, when it doesn't happen overnight? We sometimes, our faith begins to fail. Right? Lord, you said, when is this going to happen? I've been waiting. Then all of a sudden we get upset with God and we start, it's as if we're shaking our fists at God. But let me tell you, God is faithful and he's always on time. He knows exactly what we need just when we need it. We need to just trust him. Faith is not saying, okay, I see it. Oh, I have faith for that because I see it. Faith says, no, I don't see it, and I still have faith for it. Glory to God. Amen? Say, believe God. Now, here's another thing I want you to see. Because as you're trusting God, what was our first point that I said that you wrote down all you did write down? That, that God can turn around the most what? Hopeless situation. Let's look at number two. God looks at the heart. Say, my heart. God looks at the heart of the individual to see their faith. So let's take a look at this. This is so, I find this to be so, I mean, exciting because we're going to look at King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah, he had a heart for God. So let's look at this together. Turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah 38. And we're going to begin reading and, and, and basically verses 1 through 5. God looks at the heart of a person, notice this, to see their faith to see their faith. What do man look at? What do we look at? See, you know what we look at? We look at the outward. We, we look at signs, don't we? But God looks where? He looks at the heart. And so here we have King Hezekiah. He, I mean, the Lord began to instruct him and in, in what he needed to do concerning his family. Say family. Come on now. And then it says here in verse 1, if you found it, say praise the Lord. Notice this. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Oh, my goodness. What would we do today? Why, what would be our response? If God came to us and said, set your house in order, you shall not live. Wow. Verse 2. Then Hezekiah, what did he do? He turned his face toward the wall. And prayed to the Lord. Verse 3 says, this is what he said. Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth, notice this, with a loyal heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept. I mean, he wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, Go and tell, go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. Notice what he did. He got to a place. Let's just say we call it a rock and a hard place. He got to a place where he needed to, to trust God for everything in his life. He wept 
bitterly. I mean, have you ever, have you never been through anything in your life, whether it's, whether it's family members going through tests and trials, those who seem like, man, they're wayward, you know, all of a sudden, you know, man, I've done this, I've done that, and then all of a sudden, man, it's like, man, the, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit begins to check you and say, here's some things that you need to correct in your life, come on, and to help them in their lives, and then here's what he did. He wept bitterly. He turned his face to the wall. He looked to the wall. We're going to talk about that because I believe that today, a lot of believers, that we need to learn how to look to the wall. When we're going through things, when it seems like things are not going our way, man, are we trusting in God? Are we crying out to God and say, God, you know I love you. I serve you with my whole heart because he was going to die. He, I mean, his life sentence was over, but he cried out to God. So he cried out. Notice what he did. Number one, what did he have? He had a loyal heart. He had a loyal heart. Is one, one that is always trying to do right. Now, I didn't say you always do right. Did you hear what I'm saying? He had a loyal heart. A loyal heart is a heart that always, always tries to do right. And God will always check. Notice the heart of a person. He'll check your heart. When you deal with God, I like to say it this way, he gets to the heart of the matter. Whatever we're going through, what is the heart of the matter? Have you ever spoken to anyone like that? Say, well, let's get to the heart of the matter. Or maybe someone has spoken to you. What does that mean, to get to the heart of the matter? Somebody helps me out. Anybody? The heart of the matter. What does that mean to you? There's no right or wrong. Get to the bottom of it. Get to the point. Right now, right now. Let's, let's, let's deal with it right now. But notice what he did. That, that King Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall, and what did he do? He sought God. Oh, man, where have those days gone? Come on, somebody. You know, we want things like in a microwave. Am I right? We want things to happen just like that. What happened to the days, the days of old, remember, when our parents and then their parents, come on, grandparents and all that, man, when they went to church and they gave a story, they gave a testimony, they told you how they sought God, I mean, how they turned their face to the wall, and listen, they believed God no matter what their kids were going through, come on, no matter what was happening in their finances, no matter what was going on in their bodies, no matter what was going on in the church, that they sought God, and God did what? He turned it around. Even though the situation looked hopeless, there is no way out. You may know someone like that today. Someone that, you know, has, has done some things that, that people would say there's no way, no way they're going to get out of this one. Not this time. Come on. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Oh, glory to God. Man, you turn your face to the wall. You trust God and you say, God, you are faithful and I've served you all the days of my life and I come right now and I stand on behalf of that person and you're believing God and trusting God, that Lord, that you'll bring them through. You'll bring them through. And what happens? He does. And notice what he did. He did not waver in his faith. Listen, or he didn't seek another man's opinion. What he did, he looked straight at the wall. He faced, he faced the wall. He got into what I like to call a secret place. Everybody say a secret place. That's what it is. Turning, listen, turning your face to the wall. Write this down. Turning your face to the wall is to turn away from everything else that is distracting. What is distracting you this morning? I don't know. But it's turning away from that because if something is distracting you from giving your best, if something is distracting you from giving everything to God, then you need to turn away from that, turn to the wall, and, listen, and leave those distractions alone and trust God and believe God that he'll see you through. Say he'll see me through. 
Psalms 34, 4. Write this down, but I'm going to read it to you. And I want you to have the notes so you can go back. But in Psalms 34, 4, oh, David said this, I sought the Lord. And what? He heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. You see, when you seek the Lord, that means no matter what's going on in your life, if you'll take time to cry out to God, you'll take time to say, God, I, I need your help. And, and I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here until you minister and meet my need. I mean, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Come on. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And what did he do? He delivered me from all my fears. Listen, you may have to turn away from people that are really close to you. You may come to turn away from everything that distracts. You may have to turn away from a family member. You may have to turn away with a with a, a, a buddy that you grew up with. Come on, somebody. You may have to turn away from somebody that you worked together with for so many years. The question is, is it a distraction in your life? Because you want to turn away from anything that distracts. We must turn away from negative people. We must turn away, we would say, from negative situations. We must turn away from negative circumstances until all we see is God. That's all we want to see is God. Because as long as these things, situations, circumstances, people, can I say that? If, if that's all we see, what's going to happen, it prevents us from seeing God. And that's why Hezekiah had to turn his face to the wall to all he could see was God and nothing else that was distracting. Say nothing else. Oh, man, I love that. You see, in other words, it's getting to a place, a place that I call an alone place, a place that we call a secret place, just you and God, and say, God, I'm come to you now. I have no agenda. I just come to you and believe you. Oh, here's a reference for that. Psalm 91. Come on, 91, verse 1 and 2. I want you to look at this with me. I encourage you that if you're going through anything right now in your life, let me encourage you to do this, that you get alone with God and you get to a secret place and you press in. You press in, say press in. You learn how to press in and believe God and trust God. It says here in Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him I will trust. What's that simply telling us? That, that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Do you dwell in the secret place of the Most High? When, when troubles come? When, when, when you need a decision, you know, you have a question, you need an answer, you have, a, you know, you have a situation in your life, you need a decision, what do we do? Do we just automatically go to someone? And I'm not saying you can't do that. Don't misunderstand me. But is that something we do automatic rather than praying and seeking the face of God, rather than going to God and seeking the Lord for direction and wisdom? Lord, I need your help here. I need your direction in my life. Because a lot of times what happens is we want the easy way out or what we think is the easy way out. Or we don't want to take responsibility. Come on, somebody. Am I right? So we don't want to make this decision, so I want you to make it for me. Now, this is a big decision here. Let me see who I can get to talk to help me with, make this decision. Instead of saying, you know what? I'll be back. I'm going to seek the face of God. I'm going to trust God. Say, God, I'm leaning upon you to help me to make this decision. That's trusting God. Let me give you the third point. Here's the third point, and then we're going to close. Number three, that God will move on your behalf because you have faith. Say, I have faith. And because you have faith, faith is important. God doesn't look at the things like man does. And I want you to understand this. 
God will never look at a situation like man looks at a situation. This is why I'm, telling, I'm encouraging you. I thank God for those that we allow to speak into our lives. I do. I thank God. And there are those, those who are godly. There are those that, I mean, they love God. There's nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't mean they always get it right. We have to understand and learn that when we go to God, God always gets it right. See, when we trust him. But here's the other thing, too. You see, what happens is this, especially spiritually speaking. I, we've been around ministry for quite some time. And, and when people are believing God for some things, sometimes they begin, they, they want to pursue man more so than they want to pursue God. They say, if I can just go to brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, I know they'll help me with this situation. If I can just have so-and-so lay hands on me, I know that I'll be healed. Well, see, that's not scriptural if you're doing it that way. Because really what happens is this. We're putting man, elevating man above God. Now, it's okay because the Bible says that for us to lay hands, it says we as believers should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But if I'm looking to man to do this and I'm not looking to God, then my priorities are all messed up. I need to go to God first, say first. That's what I need to do. I need to seek God first. Because, see, instead of us seeking God first, instead of us getting on our knees, it's almost like this. I want somebody else to get on their knees for me. I want somebody else to pray for me. And therefore, we don't pray. Well, all of a sudden, the responsibility that we're supposed to have, I wanted to give it to somebody else. But then what happens when that somebody else is not around? Come on. Then what are we going to do? We're going to be like, oh, I don't know where they go. See, instead of saying that God is always Come on, he's always there. God is always faithful. Jesus, come on, the Bible says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We can always run to him. We can always go to God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say amen to that? And let me tell you this too, what's so important. Sometimes, sometimes the outward appearance of a person or someone or anything like that can be deceiving. It's like, oh man, that person, they got it all together. I mean, even in business sometimes. And can I tell you this, and this is not for everybody, but a lot of times there are those who have, seem like they have so much, you know, they look like they got so much. And it's like, oh, man, and some people, I want to pattern my life after them. Well, you better check up on them. Because that doesn't mean that just because they look like they got so much that they got so much. Oh, they got so much, but some of them got so much bills. Come on, they can't pay the bills. But they want to try to look like everybody else and say, I want to have this and have that. I don't, listen, I don't have no problem with having as long as those things that I have don't have me. You see? So here's the thing. You can have that. You can, God wants to bless you. But a lot of times the appearance of circumstances, the appearance of people can also be deceiving. You say, how do you know that? Here's a point, here's a point for you. First Samuel, first, first Samuel 16, 6 through 7. You know that when the, when the prophet of God goes and, 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 he's, and the Lord commanded him and directed him to go and choose a king. And we know what happened. Saul decided that he was going to do his own thing. But then you see what happens. And, and then when, when we decide to do our own thing, guess what? We're leaving God. God's not leaving us. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Did you all hear that? Mm. When we decide to do our own thing, God is, not, God, God is not leaving us. We're leaving him. So it says here in 1 Samuel 16, 6 through 7, New King James. So it was. When they came, it says, here's the prophet of God, the man of God. When they came that he looked at Eliab, this is David's oldest brother, and said, surely the Lord's anointed, listen, anointed is before him. So, listen, Samuel says, he's the one. I know he's the one. But let me tell you what it says as we continue to read in 1 Samuel 16, 6 through 7. It says, so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab 
and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. Just because somebody looks like, oh, he's the right one, she's the right one, let me tell you something, you better ask God. Listen to me, single people, you better ask God. Yes. Oh, and hear that one. Say, you better, you better seek God and say, hold on. Because listen, the Lord says, I have refused him. For the Lord does not see, a, listen, does not see as man sees. Did you see that? Does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Can I tell you also what messes us up is we put limits on God. We put limits on God. In other words, we do this. God, if you don't show up at this time next week, then I, then I don't know if you're real. Come on. God, you said that you would deliver me. But see, just because he doesn't deliver you the way you think he should deliver you doesn't mean he's not delivering you. You see, because if, one of us, listen, if any of us say that, God, you said you're supposed to deliver me, I think there's some other issues in your life that he's trying to work out. Could be a little pride. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. You know what? Man limits God or puts him in a box. Psalms, Psalm 78. Look there because we've just got a few more scriptures and then we're going to close in prayer. Psalm chapter 78, verses 40 through 42. We've got to see this. This is so powerful. And man limits God or puts him in a box. Listen to me. Don't put God in a box. Don't ever put him in a box. Allow God to speak to you. Allow God to minister to you however he desires to minister to you and speak to you. And this is what happened to the children of Israel. And it happens to many of us today that we put God in a box. And God said this to them. And I believe he says this to us. How often they've provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Do you know we can grieve God? Then it says, yes, again. And again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. Let me encourage you. Do not limit God. These things that we share today is simply this. All things are possible with Christ, but you must, listen, expand your mindset. In other words, see things as God sees them. You also must, must expand the capacity of your heart to receive God's word and what God is saying to you. All things are possible. If you don't like where you are right now, then it can be changed. It doesn't have to stay that way right now always. It doesn't. It doesn't have to stay that way. I can tell you simply this. If you'll trust God and believe God, you'll turn your situation around. I know when I was raised and I came up, I grew up in the projects. I grew up in Northeast. Listen. And, and I tell you, the projects I lived in, it was just straight-up projects. It was hard. It was rough. Single mom raised five of us, and it was hard. And I tell you, there was times that we went without. We went without everything. You know, and the thing that I didn't like is, don't misunderstand me, I thank God for the system, but I don't think we should continue to live on the system. Can I talk to you? Come on, somebody, because it'll cripple you. It'll handicap you. You know, now thank God for those who, okay, there's support, there's assistance. But listen, we should be able to at some point in time say, listen, I'm not going to be here always. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to get a job. I'm going to do what I can do. But if, if I can't get a job, then I go back to school. I get education. I'll do something. But I will tell you, I remember walking the tracks at night. And I'm thanking Lord. And I'm crying out to God. This can't be this way. This can't be this way. 
I can't live my life like this. There's got to be more. There is no way that I, I can't do it. I know there's more. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation, but I'm, I'm crying out to God. Let me tell you something. I wasn't even in high school, but I knew that God can turn it around. I didn't know how he was going to do it. What are you going through right now? Maybe you're going through something and you're walking, pacing the floor at night. Maybe you're saying, you're walking around your neighborhood. Maybe you're saying, how come? Maybe you're saying, can this ever change? Maybe you're saying, I don't know if it will. But if you'll trust God, if you'll believe God, if you'll look up and you'll face and you'll right into his face and you trust him and say, God, I'm giving you my whole life and I'm giving you everything. I'm believing that you'll bring me out. I'm believing that you'll rescue me. I'm believing that you'll deliver me from this situation and he will deliver you every time if you just trust him. Yeah, times may be hard, but you know what? They won't stay hard always if you just give him, give God everything in your heart. You must believe. Say, I must believe. Bow your heads with me. I want to pray for you.